This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Welcome to HeyYA. From great new books to favorite classic reads, from news stories to updates on the latest in on-screen adaptations, HeyYA is a bi-weekly podcast here to elevate the exciting world of young adult lit. HeyYA is a book riot podcast hosted by me, Kelly Jensen, alongside Eric Smith. We're recording on Thursday, August 16th, 2018. Hello, Eric. Hello, Kelly. How are you? I, uh, I'm really eager to, uh, to talk on this show because there's a lot to talk about. How about you? Yeah, me too. Lots of cool things going on. Lots of um, lots of weird things going on <laughs> in the YA world. Um, yeah, lots of good books. I'm excited. Um, so, last like like every episode, I feel like we've recorded. I, I've started with. I've been sick, so I didn't read as much. And well, I'm going to start with the same same intro. I've been sick, so I didn't read as much. But uh, I did finish. I am still alive by Kate Alice Marshall, which I talked about in the last episode that I was hoping would come in sooner rather than later, and I got it, and I loved it. And um, it's so much better than Hatchet could even dream of wanting to be when it comes yes. to being like an adventure action, like stuck in the middle of nowhere survival novel, and just awesome. I could not get enough of it. And as soon as I finished this one, I was like, all right, I need more of these. Like, and I know I've got a couple more sitting on my shelf. So, um, you know, continuing the, the trend we have in our show of like adventure books and why are so much better than hatchet, which isn't even YA. Uh, yeah, this, this one, hatchet to hatchet. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. But, uh, yeah, I, I really enjoyed that one. And, uh, I also read American road trip by, Yay. Patrick Flores Scott, which uh, for listeners who don't know, which would be everybody who's listening, I guess, uh, we're going to do a feature with him next month talking about road trip books. And this book is is a road trip book that kind of ties together a bunch of really interesting things about being a teen of color going on a road trip, which we so rarely see. And um, it also does a really interesting thing with mental illness that I appreciated a whole lot. Um, so as I foreshadowed with our, you know, we're going to have a, an episode with him. Um, did you get a chance to read the short stories yet in issue zero of Foreshadow YA? I, um, I've had it sitting in my inbox since they announced the... Um, Kickstarter, Kickstarter, the GoFundMe that they were doing and, and successfully completed, um, but I haven't had a chance to, to read those stories yet. I'm waiting for, like, one of those nights when I have the house to myself and I want something sort of short and, you know, like, something that will grab me right away. And uh, I have to say, the temptation to, like, break that treat I'm holding for myself has been real. Yeah, same here. I haven't gotten to read them yet. Um, definitely save them for a quiet night, maybe when a Having a crazy night when the baby can't sleep, mm-hmm. and uh, that's why this week I read Fresh Ink by Lamar Giles. Um, it's an anthology he put together that collects a bunch of awesome shorts from a dozen different uh, diverse authors, and the collection supports We Need Diverse Books. Um, there's like a, a one-act play from Walter Dean Myers that's never been published that's in there, Ooh. and... Uh, Nicole Yoon, Daniel Jose Older, Melinda Lowe, who I know you love, and and your favorite, Sarah Farrison. Um, yeah, there's a lot of great stuff in it, and it's just this really great short anthology. It's only like 200 pages, so the stories just sort of breeze on by, um, which is another reason why I'm so excited for Foreshadow, because I want those uh, those quick short stories when I'm like laying on the couch and the baby is, for some bizarre reason, decides to stay up till 1 a.m., uh, <laughs> Like, I want something I can read nice and quick and, mm-hmm. yeah, read it on my phone. Like, yes, I can't wait. And I'm so glad you read American Road Trip. Um, I'm so happy to have Patrick on. I don't, you know, obviously our listeners don't know, but Patrick lives, like, uh, like 10 blocks away from me. <laughs> <laughs> um, that book was so good. And 
afterwards, uh, my wife and I made uh, green chili burgers, which Ooh. is something that pops up in the book, um, for a couple of days. So maybe we can get him to share his his secret recipe yes. on the podcast. That might be fun. Um, but yeah, it does so many interesting things. Talks about PTSD and just oh man, I was smitten. I really loved it. Mm-hmm. I was too, and um, as soon as I saw the thing about Hatch and that they were on a, a chili farm, I was like, I know all about the green chilies um, from when I lived down in Texas, and mm-hmm. oh man, like the craving the whole time, I was like, oh, that's what I want right now, so bad. <laughs> yeah, when I told them I bought, what did I buy? I bought, I don't know, I bought like green chili peppers at like, uh, like the Kroger out here, and I was like, yeah, you know, I put them in there, I chopped them up, and he just like kind of sort of shook his head. Oh no. Like, he's like, no. It's not the same. Yeah, I'll, no. I'll show you. Oh, no. So, oh, Eric. Oh, I know. Eric. I'm going to learn. <laughs> but but you did get the actual hatch green chilies, right? No, no. I'm going to get them from him. Oh, okay. Okay, good. So, At least he's taking care of you. He is. He is. <laughs> um, maybe during the podcast, yes. Um, and also, I'm going to risk YA Book Jail uh, to talk about a middle grade book. Um, so Simon Schuster sent me a copy of Whitney Gardner's Fake Blood. Um, and Kelly, you've got to read this. It's this middle grade graphic novel. Uh, and it's huge, by the way. Oh, my goodness. It's, it's like a... It's like a tome. Like, I haven't hmm. seen a middle grade book like this in a while. Um, and it's about a kid at the start of school who's trying to get the attention of a cute girl who is uh, obsessed with vampires. So he decides, you know what, I'm going to dress up like one to get her you know, <laughs> affection. And it turns out the girl's actually a vampire slayer. <laughs> and there's some serious stuff going down at the school. Um, and now he's like trying to avoid her because he want to get slain. And it's just, it is so funny. Um and I can really see, like, kids and adults, like, reading this book together and just, like, falling over, cracking up. Um, like, I really can't wait till my kid's old enough to read this with him. Um, the art is gorgeous with Whitney Draws herself. Um, it's not until uh, September 6th, so there's a little bit of time. Um, and if you're unfamiliar with Gardner, she has two YA novels out, Your Welcome Universe, which I adored and talked about a bunch, um, and Chaotic Good. And, like, she really writes, like, the geeky kind of books I wish I had as a kid. Um and just this book is just oh my god! Like Kelly, you got to read it. it. It's totally a Kelly. It sounds it sounds really fun. <laughs> like the like the back of it, there's like a like this like sparkly vampire that's like glowing, and he's like reading about this vampire, and he's looking <laughs> at the book, and he's like rolling his eyes, and it's just ah, there's like so many little things in there that. Like, you know how, like, you watch, like, a Pixar movie, and, like, there's, like, adult jokes that you mm-hmm. get, but the kids don't get? Like, that's what happens oh, in this book. Oh, yes. Like, and I just, ugh. It's so great. I hope it's, I hope it's like, a big book. Eric, I, I don't want to, like, chop off that brilliant um, pitch for that book with this, but I have to. Um, speaking of adult jokes. <laughs> that's good. That's a good segue. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I like I double checked with my boss to make sure that we could even talk about this because um, the language involved uh, is is something I was concerned about. But uh, we have to talk about dick soap, Eric. We do. Um, we do. But but I have to ask, and because this is so brilliant, one of my coworkers said, "Well, what's wrong with calling it Richard soap to get around the the language <laughs> issue?" So can we please please refer to it as Richard soap when we talk yes, about this? That's fine with me. <laughs> So the Richard Soap incident for listeners who are like, what are you even talking about? Um, I'll, I'll put a link to basically a summary of, of what happened, but the the long and short of it, oh man, everything's going to come out really wrong. <laughs> the long and short of it is that uh, this book subscription box that caters to uh, fandoms, I guess, is a good way to put it, but also to readers who really like this idea of book boyfriend and book girlfriend, put together this box for one of Sarah J. Moss's books, and this box, like, the the person who coordinates it did an unboxing video on her Instagram stories, and so Eric, like, slides into my DMs, and he sends me the video, because I have no clue what's going on, and the video, I'm not gonna lie, it made me laugh a whole lot, because uh, the box is basically, like, the things that the people get in the box include, like, fan fiction based on the book, which I thought was really funny, um, 
there's like a pillowcase. There's a really, really funny piece of art that is um, basically a naked dude with like a little towel covering uh, what they were calling his wingspan, if you will. And um, it's it's really funny, really, really funny. But then the last item that gets pulled out of the box is a bar of soap shaped like a Richard. And um, that's when everybody in the YA community sort of lost it. Um, now, I have a few thoughts here. First, like, the box is marketing, marketed as 18 and over, so you knew what you were kind of getting into. Two, that was really, really funny. Uh, three, it reminded me that books like Mosses are probably not really YA books, but are, um, you know, doing pretty well because they're marketed as such, even though they're sort of appealing to, to the adult YA readers rather than the teen YA readers. And then... Uh, a couple other thoughts I had was one, man, we are so prudish when it comes to anything related to sex because so many people were so offended by this. And um, I get the side of like what icks me out is that it's fetishizing a, a book series that's quote unquote meant for teens. So there's some grossness there. Uh, but also, it's really funny. <laughs> like, it's one of those things that just like. <laughs> If this were my thing and I got that in a subscription box, like I would laugh because it's so funny. Um, but a lot of people were really upset about this, and um, some of the comments I saw, I just uh, comments were like, you know, if you're a teen and you get this, make sure not to insert Richard into any orifices. And I kept thinking, teens are not that dumb. Like it's probably the adults we need to worry about a little more here yeah. than the teens. Um, but yeah, so. So for me, it was less about, like, the shock value and more about the, like, okay, when are we going to have the real conversation about the difference between YA lit that's for adults and YA lit that's for teens? Because I think that this is a really great example of the difference between the two. Yeah, that's such an awesome idea, digging into the categories that are YA versus categories for teenagers. Um, yeah, you know, I never thought of it like that. Like, there are books that are supposed to be geared towards adults like that. That's a... Uh... I think that's like a whole episode. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's just, it's one of those things that's like, I was thinking, so I, I sometimes when I write the YA newsletter, I pull out like articles that we have written in the previous few years and, and, and share them again. And I had seen in the last time I did this, that it was a year ago, we had the whole uh, fake YA bestseller situation arise and it's just hard not to think like that was such a great like twitter experience that i feel like the YA community was like just it was such a great thing to be a part of and then a year yeah. later it's the richard soap and i just <laughs> like what what's going on you know i'll have to mark this calendar day for next year and see uh see what happens <laughs> hopefully we're going up from here because yeah. you know going down would just be sad so um so for any listeners who've made it this far we're done talking about richard soap but uh it was necessary to to bring it up in light of the fact that it's been all the talk of the town yes so so yeah now let's talk about a sponsor this close to the richard soap uh <laughs> hopefully they do not mind uh so sponsor number one of the podcast is uh seafire by natalie c parker um after her family is killed by a corrupt warlord eric arthur and his bloodthirsty army of bullets catalana Styx is left to chart her own course on the dangerous and deadly seas she captains the morse navis with a crew of girls and women just like her who have lost their families and homes because of Eric. But when Catalina's best friend barely survives an attack thanks to help from a bullet looking to defect, Catalina finds herself questioning whether to let him join her crew. Uh, is this boy the key to taking down Eric once and for all, or will he threaten everything the women have worked for? Uh, the first in a heart-stopping trilogy that recalls the undeniable feminine power of Wonder Woman and the powder keg action of Mad Max Fury Road. Seafire follows the captain of an all-female ship intent on taking down the vicious warlord's powerful fleet. That is Seafire by Natalie C. Parker, which I started reading uh, pretty recently. I left it out of the roundup because I was maybe talking about Whitney's book a little too much. <laughs> um, and it's really, really good. It, um, it was making me – it was giving me like vibes uh, reminiscent of um, – oh, goodness, what was it called? Black Hearts by uh, Nicole Casterman. I think so, and, yeah. Um, and the sort of like the, the girl power-ness of uh, Tracked by um, 
Jenny Martin. So there's there's a lot to love about it. I'm, I'm pretty into it, and I'm excited to see that as a trilogy. Um, like I know Kelly, you like to read the trilogies when they're yeah. done. Um, I'm like I'm gonna have to finish this one and just you know cling on, waiting for uh, waiting for the next one. I um I got this one and they sent me a nice box with this one. I don't think there's anything in the box. I think it's just like a fancy wrapped edition and um made me want to read it like I'm usually not susceptible to that but it was it was really attractive and um the description like usually doesn't sound like my thing but it also sounds like one of those things that when I get in a rut like would be the perfect book to to like pull me out of it so um yeah I'm, I'm interested in that one for sure uh, so our first topic, uh, I guess I'll ask you this question. Did you know that August is Romance Awareness Month? I did not. I did. <laughs> I did not like. I did not know that. And I think it's it's interesting the idea of raising awareness for romance. Like <laughs> I can hear the medical infomercial voice in my head. Like, are you or someone you know suffering from romance? Um, yeah, I had, uh, I had no idea. And I think it's uh, it's neat that during this, um, you know this particular month we're getting the the movie adaptation of to all the boys that mm-hmm. before uh comes out this week or at least the week we're recording this um so if there's a YA romance everyone should read uh and now everyone should see uh check that out on netflix and all the reviews i've seen for it have been so good i'm really looking oh, forward really? to yeah um oh, good, good. yeah i'm i'm super excited i'm gonna watch it this weekend and um, talk about it with some of the Book Riot Insiders, which isn't a pitch for the insiders, but it could be like you get one-on-one access with me to like have a PJ and uh, to all the boys I loved before party. Um, but yeah, that's what I, I, I mean, I'm, I'm really excited about it. Um, and I was going to say that like, I'm not usually a, a, I should say, I don't identify readily as a regular romance reader, but it turns out that there are quite a bit of romantically themed YA books that I do like. And I say themed because not all of them have sort of that hallmark aspect of romance, which is the happily ever after. Um, but they do have a lot of like romance as a main, uh, thread throughout the story. Um, so I, I just like to put that out there because I don't want somebody who is expecting some of these to go into them and there's not the perfect, you know, HEA, um, yeah. But, but know that there's like kissing and and all the good stuff. So, uh, do you want to go first? Yeah, yeah. Let me see. Um, so I think I, I picked a couple of uh, unconventional, underrated YA romances because um, you know I love Stephanie Perkins, something fierce. Um, but you all know who she is. Um, and if you don't, go get Anna and the French Kiss. <laughs> um, you will like it. Um, so my first one. Uh, is Behind the Scenes by Dahlia Adler. Um, it's a duology um, from one of YA's biggest advocates. Um, if you're a big YA reader who happens to be on Twitter, um, you probably bought a book because of Dahlia's hearty recommendation. Um, you can see her blogging for lots of places. Uh, and this novel um, is about a teen TV star's best friend. So uh, it's a sort of, I feel like that's a, a lot of, things crammed in there. It's, it's the, the friend of a TV star, not the actual TV star. Um, she falls for her friend's co-star. Um, and it's probably my favorite falling for fame style YA contemporary. Um, they're really funny, really sweet. Um, and then the second book takes place in the same uh, world and is just, uh, if not more, uh, swoony as the first one. Um, so if you like the, the falling for fame trope, um, this one is, uh, is definitely for you. It's, is so much fun, and uh, I feel like her books are regularly like a dollar ninety nine on on ebook, uh, so you can usually get them for a uh, a nice deal. Um, fittingly, I guess um, one of the things that I have found that I really like in romance is when they're female female romances, whether the main character or um, her love interest is lesbian or bisexual. Um, and I think a big part of it is that there's a really interesting dynamic in terms of both the the female main characters being on equal footing. So like um, when you have a, a male female relationship, there's a, a slight power imbalance because socially men just have more um power and it's really interesting i think reading these female female romances like that is not as present an issue throughout so um 
I've got a few recommendations for those throughout. So if you hear that, like that's part of it is I love them so much um, because there's just something a little bit different um, in terms of like the the way the romance plays out. Um, yeah, the, the second book in the um, in Dahlia's duology is a is a female female romance too. So that's what I thought. I thought I remembered that those were or at least one of them was. Um, so I say all that, and I'm going to start with uh, not female female romance, um, just because that's that's how it goes. But uh, the way you make me feel by Marine Goo is my first recommendation, and this book came out earlier this year. And I know I've talked about it a lot, but I love it so much. Um, it follows a girl named Clara, who's a bit of a good-hearted troublemaker, I guess is the best way to describe her. But uh, she, when she pushes it a little bit too far. She is punished by her father, and the punishment is that she has to spend the summer working at his food truck. He uh, has a food truck. But the, the real punishment is that she ends up working with this girl from school that she absolutely hates. So, like, they do not get along at all. So um, it's a punishment that comes with its own punishment. But over the course of the summer, she meets this other boy working at another food truck whose name is Hamlet. Cue the size. <laughs> And uh, anyway, so she she kind of plays him a little bit because that's just who she is. And then, you know, maybe things start to happen. Uh, it's a delightful rom-com, and I felt like the setting with the food trucks was just brilliant. Um, yes. I love this book, and that's uh, The Way You Make Me Feel by Maureen Gu. And that's one of those books that, like, in my, in, like, my literary agent life, I was like... <laughs> on the hunt for, like, a food truck YA novel. Like, I wanted one so bad, and then I saw this one. And <laughs> thank you, Maureen. Now I know that it's it's exactly what I wanted to see. Um, let's see. Uh, next up for me is uh, Summer of Supernovas by Darcy Woods. Um, I, might, I think I might have talked about this before. I've definitely blogged about it on Book Riot. Um, this is a super underrated YA contemporary that blends in something I feel like you see a lot of in, like, YA sci-fi and space opera lately. Like the Zodiac series by Romina Russell, which is uh, astrology. Um, in it, we meet a teen girl who has been raised with astrology and the zodiacs her whole life. Um, and when her mother passes away, she still like clings to the lessons she's been taught. Um, like she needs to end up with a certain kind of guy um, by a certain sign at a certain time, or you know, her her ultimate love story just isn't going to happen. Um, but then she meets someone who's the opposite of everything she's been taught. So does she go after the boy that's, you know, written in the stars, so to speak? Or does she go for the one that's slowly claiming her heart? So, um, yeah, it's really a sweet story. Um, and you'll see why it was nominated for two Rita Awards. Um, yeah, lots of swoons and lots of uh, lots of horoscopes. It's, uh, it's a really neat book. And that's uh, Summer of Supernovas by Darcy Woods. You just made me think that we should do something on, like, uh, teen astrology. Because there's so many books that sort of play with astrology. And, um, I don't know, as a teen, like, I was super into it. Um, Anyway, I made a note for all the listeners who are like, you guys just talk about future shows you want to do on your show. Like, yes, we do. (laughs) Uh, But also we keep notes so that we can remember. Um, That sounds good. Uh, My next pick is, it's a duology as well, and it is the uh, duology of Adaptation and Inheritance by... Hey, YA favorite Melinda Lowe, and I know like as soon as I bring those titles up, somebody's thinking, "What does an alien duology have to do with romance?" <laughs> the answer is a lot. Um, this is a book about a girl named Reese who is part of a debate team, and she has this crush on one of her fellow team members named David. But then the world sort of uh, changes abruptly, and uh, I, I, I like to say everything went bananas here with the world, and then Reese suddenly finds herself falling for a new girl named Amber. And uh, so this duology is about, like, what's going on in the world, about aliens, and also about, like, who Reese will end up with. And I found that the um, real winner of this book was the conclusion at the very end of Inheritance and how Reese chooses who she wants to be with. Like, I think Melinda Lowe did something that... Not enough why writers writers are uh, willing to do, which is a bit unconventional. And that is uh, Adaptation and Inheritance by Melinda Lowe. Nice. And now I'll talk about my uh, genre-y romance, and it's Loop by Karen Atkins. Um, Because, you know, if you could talk about an alien duology, uh, (laughs) I could talk about a sci-fi 
time travel. Yes. Um, so this one's super swoony and underrated. It's set in a world where time travel is very real. Uh, teenagers go on historical field trips in school to learn about the past. Um, but oops, our main character interacts with a cute boy in the past. Um, well, not really. He's like a kid in the when she meets him the first time, and then the second time when she goes back to try to fix things, to tell him to stay quiet, uh, she doesn't go back far enough, and he's, he's a little bit older, uh, and remembers her, and is now in love with her as a teenager, he's been thinking about her all these years, uh, and then she brings him back to the future. So this main character just sort of bumbles throughout time travel, uh, and it's just delightful watching her mess up, um, because now while he's in the future, uh, you know, she's fallen in love with him, and she's completely meddled in his life, and we're starting to discover that uh, something's going on with time travel in her world, and that things aren't... Um, Things aren't great, and she might be able to uh, to help out and save things. Um, it's very much about the relationships and less about the sci-fi, which I really like. Um, I like it when there's like a genre book um, that keeps you more attached to the characters and the relationships as opposed to the, the world building and whatnot. Um, although the world building is really great. Um, it's this really fun genre blend of sci-fi and romance. And uh, there's two books. There's another there's – another, it's Loop and um, – well, all right. I forgot what it is called. But it is, a, it is a duology, so just pick up the first one and you'll find the next one after. Uh, that is Loop by Karen Atkins. I'm going to go down the same like science fiction uh, hole here and, and talk about another genre title, and then I'll share some more conventional romances. But uh, this one is Through to You by Emily Hainsworth, and it came out quite a few years ago, but uh, totally worth picking up if you haven't. It... Uh, it's a story about when Camden, our main character's girlfriend, named Vivian, dies in a car wreck. And he is obviously really consumed with grief over losing her. And one of the ways he sort of deals with it is he walks by the utility pole where the accident happened. And one of the times he does that, he discovers there's another girl there. Uh, her name is Nina, and she shows him this parallel world that he can enter. And so he goes. In this parallel world... He um, can revisit Viv, I guess is the way to say it. And um, she's very much alive here, but she is different somehow. And Nina warns him not to get attached, but of course he does. Um, So it's a story about what we do and what we don't know about people when they're alive. And then, you know, if if they're no longer in our lives. And um, it's a really compelling romantic read and uh, one that... Oh, it's worth worth revisiting because it's so different, and uh, it's just a really romantic male lead character, which is surprisingly rare in YA fiction. And that is "Through to You" by Emily Hainsworth. Yeah, that sounds great. I've heard of that one. Um, let's see, and I guess I'll fiddle around in, in slight sci-fi again. Um, and this one is uh, "Chemistry Lessons" by Meredith Goldstein. So this one came out earlier this year, and I feel like not a lot of people talked about it. Um, which is surprising because it's by an author who runs the very famous Love Letters column in the Boston Globe. Um, and there's just a serious STEM twist here that I feel like is so worth uh, pushing. So if you slept on this, let's let's fix that. So uh, in chemistry lessons, we meet um, this science chemistry genius teenager um, who basically thinks she can make a, a love potion. Um, it's not exactly a love potion. She's experimenting with pheromones. Um, it's something her uh, mother was working on before she died. Um, uh, and she thinks maybe she can win her ex-boyfriend back, and the results are a hot mess. Because, um, yes, it's super problematic to use a, uh, I don't know, to use a love potion in the first place. She's making him do something that maybe he doesn't want to do. Um, and this idea is explored in a really big way, and it's charming and funny. Um, and it's one of those stories where you're like, <laughs> you know, like, you ever watch a movie and, like, you watch the main character just... You're, you're, they're just they're just messing up. What are you doing? And you're making a face the entire time. Uh, you're like, no, girl, don't do that. No, don't. Okay, this is what's happening. Like, I love stories like that where you just you just want to sit the character down and tell them, you know, don't do this, or maybe have a conversation. Um, like, this is one of those books, and it's fun and awkward and full of really neat science stuff. Um, yeah, so if you missed out on this, uh, pick it up, because it's a, uh, it is a lot of fun um, and super underrated. That's uh, Chemistry Lessons by Meredith Goldstein. Um, it's funny, I was having this, like, reaction, I was, like, a couple weeks ago, I watched uh, the Mamma Mia movie for the first time. Mm-hmm. Um, 
you know, I'm on like a musical kick and like the whole plot of that movie can be avoided by her just talking to her mom. <laughs> <laughs> and I sort of, I don't know what it is, but I kind of love stories like that where like everything would be okay if you just had a talk. Um, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know why it comes to mind, but it, this, this is one of those books where like she could just maybe just talk to the boy. Um, yeah, I don't know. But it's so good. Read this book. <laughs> I believe, if I'm remembering correctly, and listeners can check, I believe that the ebook of this is on sale this month, too. I want to say it's like three bucks. Um, oh, great. So I might be wrong, but I remember seeing it. So well, at least, you know, go check it out after, the, after you listen to the show and pick it up if it is. Or if it's not, you know. Um, my next one is The New Guy, Another Senior Year Distractions by Hawaii favorite Amy Spaulding, because it wouldn't Yay. be a show if we didn't talk about Amy Spaulding. Um, I've decided I think that this is my favorite book of hers. Um, she is the queen of the rom-com, so go in knowing that. And uh, the book follows a girl named Jules, who is sort of this neurotic, overachieving, straight-A, like, tight-laced student. But, uh, a new student comes to her school named Alex, and she uh, she knows him because he is a singer in a viral band that she happens to like. And, oh, isn't it weird? She's paired up with him to sort of show him the ropes around the new school. And uh, she doesn't want to fall for him, but naturally she starts to fall for him. And uh, this is a really, really, like, funny book about an overachieving girl who, like, suddenly... <laughs> has all of her like straight plans kind of thrown off kilter by this guy and uh I read parts of this out loud to my husband because I was laughing so loud and he would look at me and go what and I'd just read it out loud to him um there's this whole section in there about um the two of them passively aggressively walking dogs like (laughs) like, I was hoping you were gonna bring that oh yeah my favorite part (laughs) it's just like this whole rivalry they have going on it's just so funny and um it's just these characters have so much heart and you're just like this is kind of like what you were talking about you're like making all the wrong choices and yet and yet um all I can say is pick it up if you want to like laugh your way through a good romance and that is The New Guy and Other Senior Year Distractions by Amy Spaulding (laughs) yes I love that book so much and there's this really neat um, I feel like there's this really neat thing for like book lovers who like having their um, paper books uh, written in that book for you because like like there's a whole part of the plot is like the newspaper that the girl runs is going up against like the digital YouTube mm-hmm. <laughs> news station and the newspaper is at risk and she wants to save print. Um, yeah. Part of it's like, it's a real like book lovers book yeah. too with, with all that stuff. It's so many layers. So clever. <laughs> I love it. Now, speaking of uh, Queens of rom-com, <laughs> up, uh, one of my favorites um, and that is the trouble with destiny by Lauren Morrill. Um, Lauren's one of the, another one of those authors I talk about a lot. Um, but with good reasons, her YA rom-coms crack me up. And they're that, you know, hug in the shape of a book kind of read that I just adore so much. And it's really hard to pick just one of hers. Um, so I'm going to go with Trouble Destiny because it kind of falls into that uh, teen survival nook you love up mm-hmm. so much. Um, it's set on a cruise ship that breaks down during a band competition. So it kind of blends together a bit of what I love. You know, the rom-com romance, the survival, a shift adrift at sea, only it's a lot less dramatic and death-defying than that sounds. Um, in it, we meet a teenager um, trying to save her marching band uh, by entering them in a competition on board the Destiny, a cruise ship, uh, only to find trouble amongst the cute boys and, well, a ship that isn't quite working. Um, but you know what ship does work? Uh, the shipping of the relationship. Oh, yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, yeah, um, and I remember, and also, I know I brought up uh, Dahlia Adler's Behind the Scenes um, and the whole falling for fame trope. And uh, Lauren Morrill's last novel um, came out two years ago, was, I think, maybe. It's, uh, it's called My Unscripted Life. Uh, it explores this, you know, another um, teen falling for someone very famous. And uh, it's just so much fun. Um, so, yes, check out The Trouble with Destiny by Lauren Morrill as well as My Unscripted Life. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, the shipping. <laughs> that was so good. That was so good. Uh, so my next one is Everything Leads to You by Nina LaCour, which is one of my favorite 
romantic YA books, I think, ever. Um, it's a beautiful literary read about a girl named Emmy who loves designing sets, and she sort of wants to break into this competitive arena in Hollywood, but being a competitive arena, like, it's very hard to break in. Um, set during the summer when she... Uh, is living with a friend, sort of trying to get her footing in this industry. She is out at an estate sale and finds this letter, and this letter connects her to a girl named Ava. Turns out Ava is somebody that she might be able to have a relationship with. Um, Emmy has sort of got a bad track, track record with previous relationships and keeps going back to the same girl who is not good for her, but... When Ava steps in, the scene kind of comes all together, which is a really lovely way of thinking of somebody who is a set designer, finding that romance and that perfect setting. And (sighs) It's swoony and moody and everything that I could want out of a Nina LaCour love story, and that is Everything Leads to You by Nina LaCour. Nice. I think that's all I have. Do you have any more that you want to bring up in here? I was just going to mention that I'm looking forward to picking up Three Sides of a Heart by Natalie C. Parker. Speaking of Natalie Parker, um, I haven't read it yet. Right. Yeah, it's it's called Three Sides of a Heart, and it's all about love triangles. And uh, she like wanted to do this anthology because so many YA readers were complaining about love triangles, and she wanted to sort of like push against that, you know, and show that they can be really interesting and compelling and told in so many different ways. So. Um, I've had it sitting on my shelf. I just haven't read it yet, but it's a short story anthology, and I think it'll be like you said, one of those days where it's like I just need something short and quick and um, super like consuming immediately, and that would be the winner. Then um, I was also going to say, anybody who wants like an easy way into like romantic YA, Sarah Dessen is like obvious go to. Um, she's one of my favorites, and she does such a great job of creating romantic tension in these books while also really digging into the lives of the teen girls who are front and center in the story and um so like romance really matters to them but it's not the whole of their life and I think sometimes she gets sort of pigeonholed as only writes romance and romance is important but it's not like the heart of the story and uh yeah yeah. I mean the other one I was going to mention too um was the statistical probability of love at first sight by Jennifer E. Smith? Eric, have you read this? Which one is it? Uh, statistical probability of love at first sight by Jennifer. Oh no! no. Oh, this is a you book. I'm surprised you didn't it is. read it. Yeah. Uh, so, girl and boy board a plane to England. Girl and boy fall in love on plane in England. Premise is pretty simple, but it's a story uh, that's super compelling because you're like, well, can they stay together? How are they going to stay together? Will they ever reconnect? And uh, it's just really fun. It's just a really fun that cute. So um, that statistical probability of love at first sight by Jennifer. You, men- you mentioned um, three sides of a heart, and I, I I'm always blown away by the fact that there's like a there's like a Justina Ireland Easter egg in there for Dread Nation. Um, if you uh, I mean, that's not exactly why romance, but um, <laughs> there's a short story in there that uh, takes place in the, the Dread Nation universe. So if you, uh, if you loved that book, uh, there's a little surprise in there for you. <laughs> uh, so our second sponsor in the show is Book Riot Insiders, where you can bag your bookish perks with a 14-day free trial Book Riot Insiders. I said that there wasn't going to be an ad for Book Riot Insiders earlier, and I was lying. There's an ad. <laughs> um <laughs> You can sign up for a monthly or yearly novel subscription, and the first 14 days of the subscription are free. You get, uh, when you enroll as a Book Riot Insider at the novel level, you get a wish list that you can create upcoming releases that you're dying to read. You get exclusive podcasts and newsletters, including podcasts among uh, hosts who don't normally podcast together, which, uh, as a podcast host, was so much fun to do. Um, you also get newsletters, which are behind the scenes of what goes on at Riot Headquarters. Uh, you get access to winning free swag, and you get the new release index, which is curated by book connoisseur Liberty Hardy, which will help you keep track of those upcoming books. Uh, come on in. Your book bag of bookish perks is waiting. If you go to bookriot.com insiders, you can find out more. <sighs> 
Eric. All right. I was going to say, this next topic came because, like, I was out and about. Um, I made a trip to Quimby's Books in Chicago, which... Um, if any writer is in Chicago, they should visit. It's right off the blue line at Damon, and it's sort of like a indie. It, it is an indie bookstore, but they sell a lot of indie press books, and um, they have like this incredible Zine collection, Zine Zine uh, collection there. And one of the other things that they have is like this massive comic section. So I found myself like spending a long time in the comic section when I was there a couple weeks ago and made me remember how many things I've got sitting on my want-to-read pile that are uh, YA comics. So I thought, let's talk about some that we've read and some that we haven't read but want to read. And uh, the one that sort of sparked it for me was a graphic memoir called Prison Island by Colleen Frakes. And it's a book um, about Frakes who grew up on McNeil Island in Washington State, which is the last prison island in the U.S. There are about 50 families that live on this island, and they all work for the prison. So it's a story about her growing up in this, like, super isolated community and what it's like to live in a world where everything is revolving around this prison. Um, what? That is, that's a real thing? Yes! Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Well, I'm going to get lost in Google later. Yeah. <laughs> um, and it's called Prison Island, a graphic memoir by Colleen Frakes. Wow. Okay. Well, oh, man. Okay. The next, <laughs> next book that you're de- the next book that you're describing, I'm gonna hop on a, a book retail website. <laughs> uh, so for me, I was gonna bring up Lumberjanes by mm-hmm. Noel Stevenson. Because um, you know, holy cats! Uh, <laughs> how can you talk about YA comics without discussing this super charming book that launched uh, an entire media franchise? Right? We have like middle grade books now. Um, I'm sure there's a movie coming, right? There has to be a movie coming. Um, you know, there are these really great, fun books about girls who are staying and working at a camp and going on misadventures, um, but always just being kick-ass friends. There are these, like, really fun friendship books, um, and the art is great. The jokes are really just clean and funny. Um, yeah, it's like a, you know, I, I like to talk about, like, books that feel like a hug, and that's what these are. They're just so fun and just... Uh, it's like a precious cinnamon roll of a comic <laughs> book, right? Like Lumberjanes, Noel Stevenson. Uh, yeah, pick these up. They're so fun. Um, going like in the complete opposite direction of like books <laughs> that feel like a hug. Um, I just saw this book on a few lists, and I have never heard of it until I was doing research for for this segment. And I'm so mad I haven't heard about this and that I haven't read it. And it's I am Alfonso Jones by Tony Medina. Um, it's a Black Lives Matter themed graphic novel about a boy named Alfonso who gets uh, the role of Hamlet in his school's production of the play, which is taking on like a hip-hop style to it. Mm-hmm. And uh, so he's out buying a suit, and when an off-duty police officer mistakes the hanger for a gun, he's shot and killed. And the comic then goes into Alfonso's afterlife and sort of digs into why it is there's so much police brutality and why... Um, the Black Lives Matter movement has come up and just really digs into a lot of the issues that we have seen pop up in YA fiction, but this is done in graphic novel format. And, uh, yeah, I'm, again, shocked I hadn't heard about it. What? And Yeah. yeah. And, uh, you're, kind of, you're kind of blowing my mind this segment, by the way. <laughs> I, want to, I want to buy all of these. But, uh, yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have to pick this one up, too, and it's I Am Alfonso Jones by Tony Medina. Wow. Okay. This is this is great. Um, so let's see. For me, I was going to bring up uh, Scott Pilgrim versus the World by Brian uh, O'Malley, and I know I know Scott Pilgrim isn't a teenager in the books. He's twenty three, um, but this is definitely one of those crossover books, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, I know you're bringing up Paper Girls, which I haven't read yet, and I'm super mad at myself. But um, definitely check out this quirky video game meets music meets fighting evil exes uh, <laughs> graphic novel series. They're uh, is there six of them or seven of them? Maybe six. Um, and then the see the seriously underrated movie. Yes. Um, oh, the movie like is movie, so great. It is so great. And I don't understand uh, how it was such like a bomb at the box yeah. office. Um, it's such a fun movie. And it just is. Full of heart, just like the books are. Um, you could read the books first and then watch the movie or do it the other way around. I feel like there is uh, both of them do things that are very different, very interesting. Um, 
you know, but at the heart, it's about you know relationships and heartbreak and uh, and lots and lots of music. And that's uh, Scott Pilgrim versus the World by Brian O'Malley. Those are so fun. Every time I think about them, I'm like, they're so fun. Um, and the movie was just a blast. Um, like I saw it opening weekend. It came out and it wasn't <laughs> <Yeah>. sad. <laughs> Um, hmm. My next one, well, since you brought it up, I'll, I'll mention it, is another Brian Lee O'Malley, and that's the Paper Girls series. You can get them in uh, trade paperback now, so you don't have to go issue by issue. And, uh, like, the best way to describe it is that it's for fans of Stranger Things, because it's about a, a girl gang of newspaper delivery uh, people who discover a time machine. And it's super weird and super quirky, and the art is excellent. And, um... When I first read it, I immediately thought of Stranger Things and think that, you know, readers who, like, long for that nostalgic style and that nostalgic storytelling will totally eat this up. And that is Paper Girls by Brian Lee O'Malley. Yeah, that sounds so good. Um, and mine, there's, this is one that I, I brought up before. Uh, it's In Real Life by Cory Doctorow and Chen Wang. Um, there's so much to love about this book, and I think I told the story about how I have a, a piece of framed art uh, from Chen Wang in my apartment from the... Uh, original printing of the book. Uh, that's how deep this love goes, is that when I saw her selling them uh, on Twitter, that I jumped all over it and spent too much money. Um, but in this book, uh, we meet a teen who gets pulled into the world of um, sort of like World of Warcraft-esque online gaming. Um, like The game looks exactly like World of Warcraft. Um, and she joins a clan um, and sort of discovers this well, like this, this world where she can make friends in a way that she really isn't uh, you know in real life um, and through the game she discovers this um, I don't know, this sort of like odd underbelly of MMORPGs that exists in real life where teens overseas spend hours upon hours like full days uh, mining gold and experience to sell for real life money on websites like eBay and the like um, you know, her and her, her guild get mad. They think that they're taking away from people who just want to play the game, and she like reports them. Um, but she starts to learn that you know the ethics in this isn't really just black and white. You know, it's not like these kids are doing this for fun. They're doing it to feed their families and go to school. And and there's this whole um, I don't know economy that happens because of these online games. Um, and I feel like it's this really eye-opening, uh, interesting uh, YA graphic novel that uh, yeah. I think readers will love. So that's uh, In Real Life by Cory Doctorow and Jen Wang. I'm going to jump off that and talk about Jen Wang's solo comic that came out earlier this year or late last year, I can't remember, called The Prince and the Dressmaker. And uh, it's about this prince named Sebastian who, during the day, pretends to be going along with his parents' quest to find him a bride. But by night, he dresses as Lady Crystallia, and his fashion is, like, really taken Paris by storm. But his secret weapon in having this, like, incredible fashion sense is his dressmaker named Francis, and she's the only other person that knows that sometimes a boy likes to wear a dress. Um, It's a fairy tale, and it's super romantic, and plays with gender in such smart and clever ways, and both the story and the art are just outstanding. Like, it was one of those books, you know how you said, like, a a hug in book form. This is one of those. Uh, And that's The Prince and the Dressmaker by Jen Wang. Oh, man, that's so... Everything you've brought up is something I have not read and am going to be ordering when we get off the podcast. <laughs> uh, I don't think I have anything else. What else do you have? I was just going to bring up one more, and that's uh, Through the Woods by Emily Carroll. I think I've talked about this one before, but uh, regardless, I love this one, so we're going to hear about it again. Um, <laughs> this one is for readers who like creepy, scary, dark horror stuff. Um, it's a graphic novel told through a sh- series of short stories about the eeriest sort of places and situations you can imagine the art is really really what makes this book as good as it is it's just beautiful and creepy and just like gives you chills as you look at it it's so good and uh super atmospheric and sort of the book that you'll want to read over and over in october and then if you're like me who read you know somebody who reads horror all year long like this is when you'll revisit again and again and again um and emily carroll did the art for the speak graphic novel too so if you liked her art in that this is like where else you can go if you're cool with the creepy horror dark uh, scary stuff and that is through the woods by emily carroll nice oh man so many good books this time <laughs> uh, 
Well, speaking of so many good books. <laughs> that was a great uh, segue. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Summer, you know, we were talking about this uh, when we were chatting about this episode, that, you know, Summer isn't quite over. September's almost here. Um, but there's still so many Summer books that, like, oh, my God, I haven't mm-hmm. read them all yet. Mm-hmm. And I want to so badly. Um, so I thought it might be fun to talk about the Summer Reads. We haven't gotten to yet, but we want to try to read. Um by the end of September, maybe? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, I know it's super pedantic, but I get, like, really prickly when people start talking about summer coming to an end about August, and it's like, summer doesn't end until the end of September. If what you really mean is school starts, you know, and summer vacation for students ends, like, say that. Because um, summer goes on and on and on. Like, my... My birthday is at the end of September, and last year it was still 90 degrees. And I'm in the Midwest, so this is not like, you know, tropics. And uh, it's like it's a nice reminder that sometimes it's fall at the end of September. Sometimes it's still, you know, summer continues to keep on chugging. So uh, still plenty of time to catch some of the summer reads. I doubt you and I will get to all the ones that we are hoping to get to. (laughs) I mean, I don't want to speak for you, but I'm going to speak for you because I've got a a good sense. Um, Of what's realistic. Uh, So my first one is The Cheerleaders by Kara Thomas, which is this most incredible book cover. I love it. Uh, With like a cheerleader skirt and blood. Like it's perfect. Um, It's a creepy, twisty, bloody thriller that's been sitting on my pile to read uh, for this weekend. That's my plan this weekend is to read that. And uh, I've been sold on Thomas's ability to write a really interesting, creative, clever thriller and i'm really looking forward to this one and that is the cheerleaders by kara thomas yes that one looks good that that i it's uh, another one i have to, like, <laughs> sitting there on my shelf um so yeah i have the cheerleaders i have another one of yours in my in my queue um <laughs> but yeah for me i really want to read here to stay by sarah farrison i know this is one of your favorites from the summer um and i just got a copy i need to dig in it's um yeah, it's about a teen boy who rises to school stardom when he scores the winning shot in a basketball game after finally getting off the bench, uh, and then he gets cyberbullied. Um, there's a Photoshop picture of him floating around uh, with him looking as a terrorist, um, and it just like divides the school and his friends in two. Um, it sounds so awesome and so good, and I love Sarah Perrin's books. Um, just there's so many books to read. Mm-hmm. Huh. <laughs> But I feel like if I don't read this, it's going to, like, complicate our friendship. So I need, I need to take to this. <laughs> also, it's funny. Like, you by the description, you know, when you are thinking about it, you're like, oh, man, this is a serious book. And it is a serious book. But uh, Bajan, the major char- main character, is just a riot. He is a riot. Oh, see? And that's what I love. I love, like, serious, you know, complicated topics like this getting tackled with, you know, some humor. You know? I don't want to... I want to be uncomfortable the whole time. That's good. Okay. Maya. I was going to do Darius the Great is Not Okay by Adib Koram, which we've talked about before. Um, Mm -hmm. It digs into what it is to reconnect with part of your cultural heritage that you don't know well. And in this case, Darius is going to Iran for the first time. And uh, along the way, he's struggling with depression. So it's another book that takes on mental health. And it also deals with what happens when he starts developing feelings for another boy um haven't read it yet still waiting for the gods of the podcast to like make it show up in my house because it hasn't happened yet um maybe this will be the time it does but that is uh darius the great is not okay by a deep quorum yes and to clarify listeners we do buy books <laughs> this, this is a thing that happens we just we sometimes get lucky yeah um yep. And yeah, speaking of, this is one that I I bought when I was in uh, my local indie uh, just yesterday. Uh, It's called See All the Stars by Kit Frick. Um, I've been hearing a lot about this one, and uh, it's funny. Like, sometimes you'll hear a lot about a book, and it's just people saying that it's good. Oh, this is good. Oh, it made me feel all the things. Um, And judging by, like, the the title and the cover, I thought it was a sci-fi novel. Um, And then I picked it up, and it is not at all. It is a – yeah, it's like a very – uh, Stephanie Keen sounding book. Um, it's a Y thriller that shifts back and forth um, from pe- present in the past, involving four friends and something that happens uh, to one of the friends. I'm uh, assuming the worst. <laughs> um, and yeah, I love those nonlinear plots when they jump back and forth like this. And I'm kind of mad at myself that I didn't um, 
pick this one up uh, a little bit sooner. Um, and yeah, then I see All the Stars by Kit Frick, uh, a book that looks like it's sci-fi but is actually a thriller. Man, now you have done the thing that I've been doing to you in that <laughs> I need to pick this up. Um, yeah. Like, I, I'd only seen a little bit, and it really struck, like, sci-fi to me, but you compare it to Stephanie Keene, and you've sold me, like, 100%. Yes, excellent. <laughs> Um, my next one is one that I've literally seen nobody talking about, and yet the premise is so compelling. Um, it's Wrong in All the Right Ways by Tiffany Brownlee. And uh, it's it's a book about a girl named Emma who's a careful planner with a tight control over her life, which I love those characters. I don't know why, but uh, I think this is the <laughs> second one I've talked about who's like that uh, in the show. And uh, the problem is that Emma begins to fall in love with her new foster brother. And uh, mm-hmm. And to sort of work through those feelings, she uses a classroom assignment to essentially write Bronte fan fiction about her own experiences, which then, oops, leads to a secret relationship that might not be good for her. Oh, no. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Okay. It sounds like it takes on a lot of stuff um, and a lot of stuff that I really, like, love uh, sort of seeing how they they play out in a YA book, and that is Wrong in All the Right Ways by Tiffany Brownlee. Wow. Um, oh, dear. I don't think I have any others. Those are, like, my two <laughs> two big ones on my list. What, uh, what about you? I know you're reading uh, one book that I am very uh, amped up about. <laughs> Well, I've, I've got three others, and I'll just I'll talk about them really quick. Fire. Uh, one is Contagion by Aaron Bowman, which you had. One. Yeah, you'd mentioned this in an earlier show, and man, I kept putting off reading it, even though it has like literally everything I like. And then uh, I saw this pitch on Goodreads for it that like 100% sold me, and it's going to be in my my weekend pile. And that pitch is Alien meets 28 Days Later. I was like, oh, yes. yes. Uh, it's about a book. It's a book set in space about a virus that takes over a planet. So it's like it's got all of the things I love. And uh, yeah, that's Contagion by Erin Bowman. She just <clears throat> unveiled the cover for the second book, um, which is called. Oh no! What is it called when you're immune to lots of things? Uh, shoot! It's you know what? I'm gonna look it up like. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, the only word I can come up with was immune. Like, that's the word I know. Immune, and not, oh, it's called, it's called immunity. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. Um, and then my, my last two books are both nonfiction YA. And the first is Bonnie and Clyde by, uh, Bonnie and Clyde, Making of a Legend by Karen Blumenthal. It's a nonfiction title about the infamous Bonnie and Clyde. And it's written by Blumenthal, who's a legend in the YA nonfiction world. Um, I can't wait to read it and sort of see the pieces of the history that will inevitably make their story a lot more interesting. And um, haven't seen it yet, but I'm suspecting it'll have a lot of great like pictures and ephemera and stuff included in it, which that's one of my favorite things about YA nonfiction is just like the visual aspect of it is always so great. Um, that's Bonnie and Clyde, Making of a Legend by Karen Blumenthal. And then the last one is the one that I'm probably going to pick up as soon as we get off the podcast. And that is Proud, the Young Reader Edition by Ibtihaj Muhammad. Um, and it's Ibtihaj's memoir. She was the first American in the Olympics to compete while wearing a hijab. And she ultimately medaled in the sport. She plays fencing. And um, so the book looks not only at sort of her experience, like getting to that point, but also digs into how somebody like her found the sport and excelled when it's so often one of those sports that like wealthy white people do, you know, when they're bored. Um, so I'm totally fascinated. And this is, I think the young reader edition and the adult edition came out at the same time or very close timeline. So um, I'm going to pick up the young reader edition because I feel like sometimes the young reader editions are actually better than the adult ones. Um, and that is Proud by Ibtihaj Muhammad. Nice. Yeah. Oh, man. So many books to order after I get off. (laughs) (laughs) Speaking of buying books, right? (laughs) Yes. Uh, Well, I guess, you know, I guess that's our show. Um, So thank you all for tuning in this week. If you have any feedback about the show, you can leave it on Apple Podcasts. Let us know how we're doing. And when you do that, it helps other people find us. Thanks again to today's sponsors for helping make the show possible. A shout out to Richard Soap for making part of our discussion so lively. You can. <laughs> you, just, 
You can follow me, Kelly Jensen, on Twitter and Instagram as Veronica Kelly Mars. And you can follow Eric Smith on Twitter and Instagram as Eric Smith Rocks. We'll talk to you again in two weeks. Bye. Bye.